0: Let your snacks be heard. Just go to frito to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Threepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void or prohibited. Here's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Hey,
1: everybody. It's Dave here and Darren over there. How you doing this Saturday, Darren?
0: Doing great, Dave. Yourself? I
1: am doing okay, been a busy, busy last two days so far, and we've got a lot to discuss about because even as of today, your Minnesota Vikings, our Minnesota Vikings, the team we love to fall in love with and get disappointed from so often, is practicing. And at the beginning of the week, what we titled the show is Pads On! Vikings training camp, and that will be our first theme. We'll talk about the pads coming on and what happens with the pads coming on, and of course it's hitting. Boom! Love that. Love that. Absolutely love that. We'll see how the big linemen are doing there, everybody else is doing, how it's affecting who's going up in the depth chart, who's going down, who's a surprise, who's extremely disappointing so far. (laughs) We'll go on from there. And our second theme, we'll talk about the rash of finger injuries, it seems to be, happening this last week. The biggest one being with Herb Smith's thumb. I don't know which one it is, right or left. But one of his thumbs got injured, and he had to have surgery on it. We'll talk about that and the opportunities that opens up for the rest of your tight end depth chart. Can they step up and take his place? Can they make their mark, as folks would say? Then, in our final segment of today, we're going to talk about tennis. Why? Because (laughs) Kirk Cousins did. And actually, it's pretty enlightening. Now, I'm looking forward. I'm in the pocket. David Norseman and Lake Monster Brewing presents two old bloggers. Hey everybody, we're a little bit early on this Saturday, but we're here with you to talk Vikings football. The question is, why are we early, Darren?
0: I got a. Uh, I'm uh, heading out east for vacation, David. So I got a flight to catch at 5 p.m. Mountain Mountain Time, and uh, so I had to had to work this in a little bit early. But uh, we're still still here for you
1: quite all right. I hear the weather out east is still lovely as ever, and I hope you and your family have an absolute fabulous time. But let's get this thing started.
0: Indeed. As I
1: scroll down here, because of
0: course everything opens up. And what up to Viking oh. drone and Drew and Anthony? Here. Yep, everybody that's joined us so far. We appreciate
1: it. And we are going to get into it. First
0: thing, pads on. Pads on, David. Yes, they, they uh, uh, one uh, pads on padded, padded practices uh, this past week. The Vikings first won a, a few. I guess they're having 11 out of a possible potential 16 that they're allowed to have. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, I think that gets you a little bit closer to like real football. And gets us a little bit closer to determining, uh, you know, what's going to happen with some of these pos- positional battles and depth chart battles for the Vikings that that we found. And um, reading, been reading the the Viking Beach Writers and their uh, reports on those padded practices and non padded practices for this past week, and uh, a few interesting things uh, that we that I've uh, been reading about uh, throughout the week. One of them. Uh, is a uh, looks like it might be a pleasant surprise is that i've uh, noted is that judging from the beat writers accounts uh the viking secondary might be better than i thought and other people thought uh, based on what we're hearing um andrew booth has been one of the stars early of the camp uh, partly because he's been making some nice plays Also, partly because he's super confident and been super aggressive against uh, the wide receivers that he's up against. And we had lots of talk, lots of trash talk, and uh, we'll see if he can back it up on the field. But it helps a cornerback to be confident because you're going to get beat and you have to be able to deal with that. And the best guys deal with it the best. So Booth has looked good. Cam Dansler who I thought was again a breakout candidate for the Vikings in his third year, he has looked good in camp. He struggled, we're reading he struggled to cover Justin Jefferson, the same as every other Viking cornerback because Justin Jefferson has been looking lights out in camp so far, no uncoverable un- unguardable at this point. Uh, I so, think I think that's going to be the story throughout the season. Is yeah. every cornerback is going to have a hard time covering Justin Jefferson indeed and so we don't have to be overly concerned that the vikings corners are having trouble with him because every cornerback is going to have trouble with jj he's that good uh so dancers look good Boothus look good patrick peterson was uh, got a shout out at uh i think day seven at training camp for having an excellent day and uh lou Lew- uh, cameron bynum has been has not lost his his starting job yet he's been uh, there's been reports of him being playing very strong uh, lewis seen had a strong day I think on day seven as well and uh, broke up a few passes uh intercepted one we haven't heard much about Harrison Smith but the hitman is hitman I think you know he's going to be just fine mm-hmm. and even to Caleb's Evans, the fourth rounder, uh, our our own Tyler Fornes had something on Vikings Wire about him this week and how he's been turning heads. Mm -hmm. So the Vikings secondary last year, we all know was disappointing, even though I was looking at football outsiders pass defense DVOA, and we were only, I think, 13th or 14th. It wasn't as low as I thought, but you know, Bashad Breland and Mackenzie Alexander in particular were just terrible last year. Patrick Peterson was okay. Uh, so the fact that, you know, things are looking with what we're hearing, it's got to translate on the field, David. But, you know, if if Andrew Booth can translate his strong training camp into the regular season, if Danster comes on like I'm inspect, expecting, if Patrick Peterson and Harrison Smith are stead- the steady veteran presence that we expect them to be, uh, you know, if... Again, if uh, Caleb, Lewis Seen and Cameron Bynum keep on challenging each other to be great, even if a Caleb Evans turns out to be a bit of a surprise, the Vikings pass defense at at the back end, the secondary level, could be a, a lot much improved from last year. And it has to be if this defense is going to go from 31st ranked overall in the NFL last year to up, up in the middle, the middle area, or maybe even a little bit better. And if they are, that's going to be a huge, huge help to the Vikings defense and their playoff hopes, because the defense just has to be better than it was last year for this team to get where it needs to go, which is to make the playoffs and be a factor in the playoffs. So hearing all this encouraging talk about our secondary players, both safeties and corners, is encouraging because you and I, and many people, had a lot of concerns about the depth and even the starters. <laughs> mm-hmm. I
1: agree. Uh, and Ed is bringing his defensive philosophy, which is different, especially on the corners. And they're going to be more, they're going to try to be more man on type of a defense. Yes, they'll play quarters match and all sorts of other stuff. But if they can, if they can master the man on, it opens up that secondary to do so much, so absolute much. And you have uh hitman Harry coming into the box, you got guys moving around, you can shuffle in players in and out, you could do a rotation with quality players if you got booth that's you know stepped up and Peterson gets tired. There's so much that can be done that's bound to improve the results that we had last year put that and on we're not top even, of the defensive pass rush especially from yeah. the edges and uh, i th- i think i think
0: things are looking good and yeah and we haven't even talked about the free agent signings lower level ones that the vikings made in the secondary like chan and sullivan and like harrison from denver and and you know what kind of um, what they bring to the table and how much they might help our depth and our overall secondary level of play. So really good things there. Uh, I, I mean, uh, ify Ch- Sullivan and their, Harrison are kind of iffy, we're not sure about that. Well, but I'm hearing I,
1: Sullivan's doing, we're not hearing anything. Yeah. Either way, everybody, yeah. all the beat reporters are basically saying Sullivan's got the nickel job. Okay. Right. they say Harrison, on the other hand is, not standing out whatsoever. so mm-hmm. it is what it is once we get down here three weeks, less than three weeks from now when they start cutting players, that'll be the time when we go, well, Harrison was a you know a waste but hey, it's a camp body. he had his opportunity. All these guys are having their opportunities to step up and shine. Some of them are. We're here at booth, Evans for the rookies, right? We're hearing. Yep. Like you said, uh Patrick Peterson and um Dantzler, you know, hey, step up, step up, baby.
0: Scene step stepping up,
1: up Bynum <laughs> stepping up. That secondary is looking a lot healthier than it
0: did last year. Indeed. Uh so that's been one of the things that was noteworthy, at least from my end about the Vikings training camp so far. Another noteworthy nugget was that uh, Chris Reed got moved over to center this week uh, and Austin Schlotman got moved over to guard. Uh, if you weren't aware, and I'm sure you were, Reed was at guard at the start of training camp and Schlotman was our backup center. That's been switched. Noteworthy because Garrett Bradbury had a really tough day against Harrison Phillips early on in training camp, got steamrolled a number of times on the one-on-ones and uh, of course, a lot of concerns about Garrett Bradbury. Is he the the guy who can get it done as a starting center after disappointing three seasons? The fact that the Kevin O'Connell and Chris Cooper and the Vikings offensive coaches have moved Reed over to as a backup center option so early, I think is noteworthy. I think others would think that as well. It indicates to me that O'Connell and the and the rest of the staff are also have a lot of doubts from what they're seeing about whether Bradbury can get it done.
1: Just came in less than an hour ago. I don't have the tweet Well, I can probably copy see if now it'll work. Um a tweet from Judd Zolgad. At the beginning of the season we heard from Kevin O'Connell and crew that oh man they love Bradbury Bradbury's our guy we look forward to what he can do well it just came in Kevin O'Connell today did his best to downplay the Garrett Bradbury's performance in camp mm. but he did not say it remains or but he did say it remains a competition hmm. Yeah. For the center job, the next step we'll see if Brett, to see is if Bradbury doesn't get all the snaps with with the first team. Does Chris Reed suddenly move into taking some of those snaps? There's been observations this week. Chris Reed, there's been a lot of fumbled snaps from Chris Reed, but that was with Kellen Mond, who we'll get into later. Um, Is it the quarterback, or is it Chris Reed spinning up to speed? Because I really think the impression I got over the week is they're trying to spin Chris Reed up to starting speed as absolutely as fast as possible, because I think they're at the point where they're starting to give up on Bradbury.
0: Hmm yeah i i don't recall o'connell talking about uh, a competition at center uh, <laughs> at yeah, no, all since like i said this it, is new yeah. so uh, yeah that is very noteworthy that the coach would say that probably sending a message to bradbury which, but i'm sure that's already been relayed to bradbury but um chris reed is a is a solid lineman um a versatile lineman uh and Again, that the fact that they the Vikings have made the switch and moved in to be the backup center so early, and we'll see how the the reps and snaps with the first team go, uh, it indicates to me that that uh you know Bradbury is on an, a short leash with this coaching staff, and he you know if last year he lost his job to Mason Cole, he got injured, and then Cole played better, and they didn't put Bradbury in until Cole got hurt. Well, uh, well, this year I think you know if you look at uh, you know, if if the Vikings have the first couple of games, if Bradbury struggles and he's going up against Kenny Clark with the Packers, Pro Bowl Kenny Clark, the first game, mm-hmm. uh, if if he sh- Bradbury really struggles in those first couple of games, you could see him getting the hook. Reed comes in, and and you know that could be for the best. Really, mm-hmm. uh, you know, they, we we need to get the best five guys out there, and and uh, Bradbury is not owed anything by this coaching staff number one pick by a former administration, a former GM and head coach. And, and i you know, I welcome the fact that they're taking a fresh look at this and willing to, to, to admit early on that if it ain't working, let's try something different. And, and because this offensive line, particularly on the interior, David, it needs to get better. It has to get better. It must. Yes. Yeah.
1: Cause we looked, I sent you not on our notes here. I sent you a link to, uh, there was a, Story on quarterbacks under pressure, and we did yep. this before. And it literally showed who was worse under pressure and who was best, and they rated all the quarterbacks. Not under pressure, Kirk Cousins is elite, top of the ring, right. Under pressure, he is dismal. He is not at the bottom, but he's in the bottom third. Most of the pressure on Kirk Cousins came up the middle on him. Yeah, it wasn't around the outsides; it was up the middle. We improve that middle, and I think we are on right guard. I think Ezra is going to step up and keep advancing his skills, and we get a center that's competent and who could pass block as well as call the uh, call the line and. Uh, Run block. I think we're going to be good, but we yeah. have to find that. That's today's, you know, KOC saying there is a competition
0: <laughs> that's new. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and I guess the beyond the offensive line, uh, another interesting bit of nugget. The there was, you, you know, like, you, remember Dave, you got the photos of them up there, but you, remember when we had Jeff Christie, Matt Burke and John Sullivan in succession as starting Viking centers, uh, you never had to worry about the center position spoiled. for the Vikings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, it seems like it's been, seems like that was forever ago that we didn't have to worry about the center center position because it's been an issue basically since John Sullivan uh, mm-hmm. got uh, he had his back problem. The Vikings got rid of him, and he ended up winning a Super Bowl with the Rams. <laughs> but, you know, it, it's been a hole on this Vikings roster for since Sullivan left. And, yeah. It, uh, uh, Donnie, hopefully,
1: game changers, 16. I, the reason I don't think they're going to try Ingram at center is because I think Ingram's got a fighting chance to win the right guard spot.
0: If not at the beginning of the season, then the end, somewhere yeah. somewhere during the season.
1: Jesse Davis gets hurt again
0: or, yes. Ineffective or not as effective as we'd like him to be. And, there, you know, you can see Ingram really stepping up there and getting that spot if he, you know, shows well in training camp and preseason. Uh, so offensive line stuff there, David. Uh, the other thing that was interesting was uh, that – with the, the quarter, Vikings backup quarterback situation, um, the, Kevin O'Connell and Wes Phillips are doing what I hope they would do. They are giving, it looks like they are giving Kellen Mond every opportunity to win the Vikings backup quarterback job over Sean Mannion, who we know is not a legitimate NFL backup quarterback, but for some reason, the Vikings keep on bringing him back. Anyway, so that's good news. That's what I wanted to see. Unfortunately, from what I'm reading, Mond is not taking advantage of it as as much as he should uh reading daily about him uh, making missing wi- wide open wide receivers throwing some interceptions there have been uh, will Raggett's from sports illustrated yeah will raggets has been very critical of him with sports illustrated one of the vikings writers throughout uh now there have been we've read about some good things that he's done as well but the the problem to me is that the the good is not overwhelmingly outweighing the bad comments that I'm seeing. And Jud Zolgad wrote about uh, in um, a story like a couple of days ago that uh, he he thinks that Mond has actually been one issue with Mond is that he's been slow uh, making decisions. Process. Uh, yeah, which is concerning because if you're slow doing that in practice, there isn't much chance. I think that you're going to it's going to get Speed you're going to get up. it during the yeah. games. Uh, so th- this is a concerning issue. Zolga had even mentioned that the Vikings, if Mon doesn't, he's got preseason to show differently, and there's three games, and he's going to get a lot of opportunity there for sure. But um, Zolga had said that this this situation with Mon not really taking, you know, showing enough improvement that the Vikings might be forced to get a better backup option uh, late late in training camp or before the season, uh, and. That was something some Viking fans wanted Kwasi Adolfo Mensa to do well before this. But, uh, you know, it's it's a good point to make because, again, Mannion is not a legitimate backup. You're not going to win very many games if he has to play and be your starting quarterback. If Mond hasn't progressed enough and isn't ready, he's not a good option. You, you can't have your season thrown away if Kirk Cousins somehow gets seriously injured with having poor backups in place. You've got to have somebody like a Case Keenum type of guy who can step in Mm -hmm. and hold the fort and win you some games while we wait for Cousins to get better. And we know that Cousins has never been seriously injured in his NFL career, but eventually the injury bug gets everybody. Look at Ironman Russell Wilson last year. Uh, He'd never, basically hardly ever missed a game. Thumb injury, freak thumb injury, hit the helmet, and he was gone for several games. And that's Defin- that If the, the season wasn't sunk already for the Seahawks, it definitely was sunk when they had to go to Geno Smith as the backup and they didn't have Russell Wilson. So something to watch for there for sure. Right, 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 right.
1: Sean, I'm late to the discussion, but are we going to get to the Senate? We just went through it, buddy. We yeah. just went through it. The big news of the day today, Sean, is that uh, Coach – Kevin O'Connell today, about an hour ago, as reported by Judd Zolgan, says there now is a competition at
0: center. And maybe Chris Reed is the guy that's north of terrible.
1: Mm -hmm. So that brings us to our second theme.
0: We are going to talk about your favorite player. (laughs) Irv Smith Jr. Seems like I bring him up every second or third show, and uh, I'm going to bring him up again because Irv Smith Jr. is injured again. Hurt his thumb, head surgery. Uh, looks like he's done for training camp, not going to play during the preseason. Uh, and that's a bummer for Irv Smith because, of course, he didn't play at all last year. He's in a new offense with the new coaches teaching it, and I think that it's very important in the new offense, if Irv Smith is going to have the kind of year that we hope he can has and we think he's capable of having, that he get as many reps in the new offense with the new coaches as possible. And that's not going to happen because he's nursing a, a, a thumb injury. Uh, the flip side of it, though, is that Kevin O'Connell, Wes Phillips, the, Vic- the rest of the Vikings offensive staff are now going to learn what kind of depth, quality depth they have behind Irv Smith. Uh, something that we brought up in previous shows, David, about how we're concerned about who's behind Irv Smith. Basically, you know, we're like nobody. It's right. Like Johnny, Johnny Muntz Munt, Munt, or is it somebody yeah. else? And Ellison, you know, uh, the rookie Nick Muse, Zach Davidson, who's going to step up? Well, now with Irv Smith out, these guys are going to get that opportunity to step up and it will reveal to the Vikings coaching staff if we're actually, we've got some, it's going to give those guys a chance to show that they are legitimate NFL offensive uh, and legitimate NFL tight end who are starting quality, just like Tyler Conklin got the chance last Mm -hmm. year uh, when Irv Smith went down. Um, You know, haven't heard much about Ellison or Nick Muse so far when reading about the training camp reports. Ellison is blocking great.
1: Hmm. That, he is a preeminent blocker on the line. And that he's doing that. He's not disappointing in that. He's doing what his job is.
0: So and there may be room for on this team for a guy who's just a monster blocker like mm-hmm. Jim Kleinsaucer was in his in mid to late he's, part of his career. Yeah. Uh but the guy that's uh, actually you had a couple of strong days in camp and was a bit surprising me was Zach Davidson. Who's down there at the bottom of your photo. And he had prickly uh, one day earlier this week where he caught some touchdown passes and seven on seven and 11 on 11 drills, uh, Caught some other key passes in the two minute drill. Uh, Even had uh, Kirk Cousins going like something like, hell yeah, Zach, after a a, a tough catch. Mm -hmm. After catching a tough catch and wrestling a a catch away from Harrison Smith, he also got praise from Kirk Cousins during the presser. So I think that, you know, um, Zach Davidson was a guy when we talked about the roster decisions a few weeks ago that I felt that. He had very little chance of sticking with the team unless he had a great training camp. Uh, last year, he really struggled as a rookie, he had trouble catching the ball. It was pretty clear that he needed seasoning. So he was on the practice. He was from a small school, central Missouri, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he wasn't ready for the NFL at that time. Uh, he got his year in practice squad and, and a chance to develop, but he is six, six. He is very fast. And there was potential there, and right now, if he's having a couple of strong training camp practices, to me, that's encouraging. He could be, is he like a K.J. Osborne type of guy mm-hmm. that is uh, goes from Mr. Nobody to Mr. Somebody in 12 months? It'd right. be great to see somebody emerge outside of Irv Smith, and maybe Zach Davidson is the guy. Really interested to see what he can do in the preseason and whether we hear more about him in in the, the training camp you know the, the next coming weeks um so, so very intriguing again here's a guy that looks has an opportunity to make his mark to step up and at least for one uh, training camp practice he has done that and a bit of a surprise to me so uh, well, encouraging he's done
1: it for more than just one um mm-hmm.
0: you know he's, he's a great story picked
1: out of a Division two school, has the height, has the size, you know, all that stuff. But Kirk Cousins this week also said he reminds him of Tyler Con- Conklin, right? And he's hoping that he has that step up like Conklin had. But he's trusting him. He's thrown into him. He's not yeah. catching everything. The only thing that seems to be a little bit disappointing is we hear – you know, beautiful pass to Davidson, hits his hands, and he drops it. He's <laughs> got to stop that. But there's yeah. other times we hear horrible pass, and he grabs this magnificent pass, touchdown, whatever it is. And if he can get the consistency of holding that ball, and this comes, this comes with experience somewhat, too. If you're now in the limelight, right, you're put in that position of, Hey, I'm now competing in the tight end one position, waiting on Irv to come back. But I'm here. I'm trying to make my, you know, my mark. When you're coming down and the ball's coming down and you're looking at the ball, you have a tendency to peek and look where everybody else is instead of watching that ball all the way into the hand and tuck. And that'll be a lesson he learns but he will. So it should be interesting. Donnie, I don't see CJ Ham lining up on the line as a full blown tight end. I think he's too short.
0: I, I don't either. Uh, but, you know, Davidson and his size, he could be. If he gets it, like you say, he becomes more consistent in catching and gains the uh, Kirk Cousins trust, and shows he can block a little bit because that's another big liability for him. He offers nothing as a blocker, uh, and didn't coming out of college didn't have any like wasn't really a strong kid, but. Jimmy could be a Jimmy Graham type guy who came into the mm-hmm. to the league at A six, six, six. Mm-hmm. Six, six, uh, basketball player could jump through the roof and, and you know defense just just couldn't deal with him, uh, and Davidson has at least height wise has that kind of size. You look at the photo there. Obviously, you know his arms are pretty long too. There's a huge huge catch radius there to throw to if he can catch the ball, uh, and uh, we know he can run. Uh, so there's not going to be many linebackers that are going to be able to keep up with him uh and he, he could be a unique weapon again if he if he shows that he can catch the ball consistently and he's and he's not a total liability blocking when he's asked to block uh so uh, last year when they drafted him i was like hmm excited to kind of see this guy I was very disappointed when i did see him uh i'm excited to see him again this preseason to see if if he's like completely different player, much like KJ Osborne ended up being last year, so uh, Zach Davidson is somebody to watch in the tight end uh, position right now, uh, based on what we're we're reading and hearing from Vikings training camp. Um,
1: and Kirk Cousins told the story about how they're monitored. They got monitors on their back that measure their speed, and how right. Kirk Cousins' top speed he had he got a 19 miles an hour, and that was fast for him. As fast as he get, he was all pleased. And he says there's a 21 mile an hour club, and Zach Davidson has registered at 20.9, and he can't wait for yeah. him to break that 21 miles an hour. That's fast. Mm-hmm. That's fast for anybody, much less somebody who's six foot six.
0: Yeah. And 240 pounds, mm-hmm. which is still fair. You know, there's a lot of weight. Even if you're 6'6", it's, you know. You're, you know,
1: That's, you're moving he's, he's a, Yeah, it's mass. He,
0: yeah. He's a big boy. That brings us
1: to our my favorite subject, beer, Lake Monster Brewing. <laughs> Lake Monster brews a great beer. They're all located in St. Paul, Minnesota, right across the river from Minneapolis. If you're down there and you want a good local beer, uh, outstanding brew. Matt Lang is their head uh, brewmeister. He makes some marvelous stuff. And speaking of marvelous stuff, they debuted this week on tap, Purple Rain. Purple Rain is a fruit-based lager, wheat beer. Ah, uh, ale. I shouldn't say it's lager; it's a wheat beer. Beer. Um, and the description is there with black currants, and Pinot Noir grapes, and elderberries, and blueberries, and blackberries. I'll bet it tastes great. I'd love to be there to test it, but I'll bet it tastes great. But that isn't the only thing they have this week. He has been literally busting his tail. (laughs) The other new things this week, in cans, in pints, is Sudden Attack IPA. That's a 6.5 ABV. That's quite respectable. It's pretty good. And they're introducing their own mango lemon hard seltzer. For those that like seltzer, so not only can you get the non-alcoholic one, you can now get the mango lemonade one.
0: Brewmeister is busy over there at Lake yes, Monster. Yes, he is.
1: Well, <laughs> having bad Oktoberfest in there too. It's in the process, right so there's tons of stuff. Now on to theme three. <laughs> Earlier this week, or during this week, Kirk Cousins talked about in the offseason, he started playing tennis and how it might affect him on the football field.
0: Yes, he's talked about uh, how he's turned to David turned to playing tennis, uh, to improve his, 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 his athletic abilities. And interesting. Uh, I thought both you and I found that a very interesting little nugget, uh, because you wouldn't think that the sport that, uh, like American tennis legend, Pete Sampras dominated for like a decade would, would help you be a better football player. But, and there's Pete pistol Pete right there. One of my favorites. Um, but uh, you wouldn't think that uh, tennis would help you be a, f- a football player but cousins thinks it does and it- it's interesting and i actually was um i watched a uh, you know, you, I'd watched a tennis uh, instructional video recently of a guy who had played at UCLA Division I tennis. Uh, he's, he's a European, but he mm-hmm. played uh, in, at UCLA. And he said that uh, one of his drills that he gives his students and then uses himself uh, to warm up for tennis is actually to throw a football uh, first. Uh, and he says it's because he does that because the, th- the motion of the ser- tennis serve and throwing a football are similar. Uh, and he also said that uh, he thinks one of the reasons that American tennis players tend to have always have very good serves from when they're youth on the way up is that. A lot of them grew up playing football, so they're used to, that. again, that motion. And that's one of the reasons that uh, – that's one of the things that Kirk Cousins brought up about uh, how tennis is helping him. It does, The motion is similar. It also strengthens his throwing arm and his, and his shoulders, uh, which was, uh, you know, interesting. I thought it was an interesting tidbit.
1: And you can see there with his arm, I purposely picked up one where he's serving. Uh, yeah. Obviously, he's throwing the ball up. And he's looking at the ball. He's not looking downfield like Kirk would. Be. But if you look at the cock of his arm, it's in the exact same position as if he was holding a football.
0: Yeah. And when they release, when, when what it, that photo doesn't show is after yeah. when he hits the ball is is the way his arm goes is would be the same pretty much as releasing a football. Uh, the other thing, so the. the, the Cousins feels it helps his arm strength. The other thing that he felt it helped Absolutely. was maybe you want to talk a little bit about that because you, you were talking about it offline and how the grip mm-hmm. helps with the you know the right the right arm and that sort of thing. Uh, but um, Cousins was also talking about uh, how tennis is playing tennis helps his agility and uh, you know tennis is a game where you have to stop and start quickly. you have to go side to side quickly. And in unpredictable times and unpredictable yeah, and, directions and rush the net drop back you gotta rush the net drop back for lobs you gotta do that in football a lot and when you're a quarterback in the passing pocket and uh cousins feel this has helped him make him more agile i would i think i would agree with that just anecdotally from me it seems that cousins has been a little bit His scrambling has gotten a little bit better the past two years compared to when he was with us in 2018. He's willing to scramble more. He's a little bit more effective when he does, as long as he doesn't get tennis elbow. That is an issue, Raymond. It certainly is. I can tell you that myself playing it is that, yeah, you got to, if you don't serve and hit the ball properly, you're going to have a sore elbow uh but cousins didn't bring that up in his press but uh but uh so so, you know the the agility i think uh, i think cousins has looked better when he scrambled i think he's been looked a little bit better evading pressure and making throws on the move than he had been earlier in his career and he feels that the tennis and the footwork that he has to use when he's playing tennis has helped him um so even if it's a little bit any improvement in in, Mm and and we know david that today kirk cousins is not going to be lamar jackson ever but uh you need today people feel that you 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 need a mobile quarterback to survive in this game kirk cousins is not that so any improvement in this that he can help especially as he gets older is a plus for him for the vikings offense and you know, um the this thing about in North America we got we've become very focused I think on sports specific training. Like you know, kids now at an earlier and an earlier in age are they're not doing like we used to do, Dave, where you played baseball, you played football, you played this, you played Three that seasons all, full of sports. Yeah.
1: Sometimes yeah. double seasons.
0: yeah doubling up
1: during a season. And then in the summer you got pickup games doing all sorts of things
0: yeah uh today you know canada here for hockey it's very bad you know kids have got they don't just have hockey during hockey season there's spring hockey there's fall hockey there's summer hockey if you're a hockey player there's pressure on you to play hockey and be at hockey camps all the effing time get uh get on the ice and practice and practice and yeah yeah you know. And kids aren't being multi-sport as much as they used to be. And and the Russian uh, hockey system was very famous for this uh, in that they, had, uh, they worked, had their players and they encouraged their players to play other sports during the non-hockey season, soccer, uh, other sports. And they felt that it made them more athletic and less stiff, if this is the right word. And, uh, you know, Cousins seems to be like following kind of that thing with using tennis to be become a better athlete become a better which will lead him to be a better quarterback and a better football player and again any improvements if if cousins is just a little bit better this year at certain things than he was last year and the year before i think that's good news for the him it's good news for the vikings offense and what's good news for the vikings offense is good news for the vikings in 2022 Mm -hmm. yeah and, and maybe tennis is somehow is going to have a role in us making the playoffs. Yeah.
1: And that, that's, and would it, wouldn't that press conference? And he talked about that came out. I instantly uh, sent a message to my buddy, Ted Glover, of Vikings. Um, oh, what's Vikings the, report? Vikings report. Duh. Uh, it's a bitch getting old folks. Uh, <laughs> Vikings report and said, Ted, this will be the storyline. The Vikings will win the Super Bowl, and it'll be. All because of tennis. <laughs> and it, hey, I think it's a great idea. It helps his mobility, helps his throwing. As you said, I talked to you offline about the grip. Holding a tennis racket is like holding a golf club, right? For a right-hander playing golf... Your left hand is your grip hand, Yeah. right? Your right hand sits on there loosely. Your left hand is your grip hand. And you build the muscles down these last two fingers you know, all the way up, and it goes back up, and it builds it. In tennis, it's the same thing, only it's on the right hand. Those, the bottom two fingers um, are your grip, main grip points, builds the strength forearm, back arm into the shoulder, and you can control it better. Now, translate that to the ball better. Does he hold on to the ball a little better? Right? It may be a mm-hmm. make a difference of one fumble loss or not, right? Or one fumble or not. Or it may sure. help with control on the pass. We don't know. But it cannot hurt. I think I view this as a positive step. And right now we're hearing out of camp. That Kirk Cousins is having the absolute best camp of his life. He is relaxed. He is hitting his
0: wonder why.
1: Yeah, <laughs> he is hitting his targets. There was a tweet came out I think yesterday or the day before. He had a sixty-five yard in the air bomb, right? And mm-hmm. that just he's loving it, right? And everything looks all rosy. Tennis may be part of that. And if it works, I'd get every single quarterback we draft from here on in hooked up with a tennis coach playing tennis in the off
0: season. Yeah, yeah, um, for sure. But Play a I, couple
1: of sets, boys. Yep. I think I think it's a great idea. And it's, you know, tennis is a relatively healthy sport. There's no collisions, right? No. For the most part. Uh, yeah, you can roll your ankle, you step wrong, but you're not slamming bodies.
0: And No, and he... And he- pointed out in his presser that uh, you know some guys play basketball in the off season, but to, you know that is a sport where there's a high probability of, of rolling an ankle and that can screw up your entire season uh, so he didn't want to do that in tennis much less likely to do that because yeah you, you don't run into anybody you're not guarding anybody um, but you you know you're just hitting the ball over the net and running to chase it <laughs> uh-huh. and so a lot less likely you're going to roll an ankle and or hurt something that way than than playing some other sports I think it's a good thing. I, I look forward to it. It should be good.
1: That's it. That's today's show. I, I like what I'm seeing coming out of camp. I feel sorry for the folks that went out to Egan today to watch the team, and then they got chased away because of the weather, and the team moved indoors. Ah, uh, Yeah, that sucks. Sorry for your, you know, it happens. It's that time of year.
0: Yeah, you get the... If the dog days of summer, and you get thunder and lightning, and yeah, rain, a little bit of rain shower. It's it's gonna happen, yeah. Oh, true. Anna yes. <laughs> uh, oh.
1: Good point. Oh, good man. point. But that's it. Coming up this week on Climbing the Pocket, we have Monday. We have Tyler Fornis with his show. Uh, Tyler and I are going to get together and record that because he has stuff that he's got to do Monday night. And it will not be live, but it will be a show, a new show. It'll come out. Tuesday, talking to Flip, we are having an in the huddle. So, on its new day, Tuesday, Flip Mozzie and Eric Thompson of Daily Norsemen are getting together for the first season. Ah, uh, in-season quote, if you want to call it that. There's always the debate. Is training camp... Off-season or is training camp season? It's how you look at it. Half full, half empty. Not sure. But they'll be here on Tuesday night. Wednesday we have Vikings Happy Hour. Uh, Matt is trying to line up a secret guest that everybody would love to hear from. Last week's, last Wednesday's Vikings Happy Hour was a little bit contentious. With the great (laughs) Dr. Eric Eager on it. I don't think this week's going to be quite as, you know, differential on that one, but we'll find out. And then we'll go from there. So, what's your plans while you go on vacation?
0: I, uh, well, they got lots of family there, so we'll be seeing, moving around, seeing them. And um, there's. Beaches to go to and lobster to eat. So uh, that'll be that'll be some of the things I'll be Mm. doing. Nova Scotia, right? Yep. Mm -mm -mm. Yeah.
1: Good eats. Good. Oh, and good beer. (laughs) I know. (laughs) All
0: right. Any last words, buddy? Well, yeah. I we we didn't uh, just a a note. I'm hoping that the uh, particularly the soft tissue injury that. Kenny Wangmu is is yeah. head to uh, oh, sustain yeah, that that uh, that that clears itself up because uh, you know, you know he had a knee injury last year that kept him out for a significant amount of time. I hope that this isn't something related to that because certainly uh, we're we're all expecting that. Uh, for one, uh, he'd be back to be, you know, kicking ass as a punt returner, as a kickoff returner, and B, we were wondering, like, what his role in the in the new offense would be, and whether he was going to step up and emerge and challenge for the backup running back role. Um, you can't do that, uh, like Old Zimmer said, you can't make the club when you're in the tub, and um, so I'm hoping that this knee injury isn't something that's a chronic thing. I don't think it is, but But yeah, I I shouldn't say knee injury. Shouldn't say knee, soft soft, soft tissue. Soft tissue. Lower lower legs. legs. Yeah. So I'm just a. uh, And and then there was the. Christian Daresaw. Yeah.
1: He came off the field holding his hand, wrist area, and they don't know if it was hand, wrist, shoulder, whatever. Then they said he was holding his hand above his head, which makes me wonder if he would cut a finger or something. Um, But he supposedly injured on. One side or the other. And he was out and Udo was taking his place. Hopefully they didn't, the vibes I got was that that's not serious either, won't last long, he'll
0: be back out. But he's having a fantastic camp. And then we had had Dalvin Cook and hurt his. His finger and Alexander Madison hurt their fingers. <laughs> and we, we saw a photo of where the Vikings running back was using, like, uh, they probably, maybe they do this all the time, but they had like the, the pole with the football helmet on it. And uh, well, i like, um, hoping
1: that with the helmet on it, and this is one thing that uh, I think Judd or one of the other beat writers was talking about. The football or the helmet on the end of the stick is new. Normally it was a padded stick. Mm-hmm. Um that they would try to hit the ball out. But now it's a helmet. And they were wondering if that helmet could have caused a yeah, finger or something a- to get jammed or smashed or hooked into, you know, a hole or a face mask or whatever.
0: It's bad enough that yeah, those guys have to deal with that for 17 games of a regular season. I don't think you and then the preseason too, if they're playing in it, I don't think you want them to be dealing with that in the training camp and getting yeah. hurt that way so I mean, injury is not something that's going to be uh, take you out a significant amount of time if you're a running back but uh, holding on to the ball is quite important as a running back and uh, we, we we just want to see cook healthy and playing a full regular season for the first time in his career so always concerning when you hear dalvin cook got hurt in whatever way and right had to miss part of practice we don't want any of that happening (laughs) to dalvin cook
1: and we don't want fingers hurt because they also
0: catch the football yes yeah yeah kind of kind of important mm -hmm. but that's it We're just yeah those that none of those were serious injuries uh, or don't seem to be but they're still Bear watching, and as training camp goes on, you know, uh, and we get into preseason games, hopefully the nicks and injuries don't increase for the Vikings. We stay relatively healthy because other teams have not been so lucky that way that, so far.
1: Speaking of preseason games, ours is coming up a week from tomorrow. So the next uh, two of bloggers will be doing a pregame. It'll be our first warm-up pregame show of the season. There's not much. I, we can't really yeah. compare. Kirk Cousins has this big of an advantage over, who are we playing, the Raiders?
0: We're playing the Raiders,
1: yeah. So Over, <laughs> over, over Derek on, Carr.
0: Right. Because neither of them are going to play.
1: Neither of them are going to play. <laughs> barely anything. So, yeah. But uh, we'll, we'll try to work out our new processes for this season, and we'll go from there. Should be fun.
0: It will be. With that, what do we say? We say, thanks to everybody for joining in and commenting. appreciate it. Without you, this show is nothing. Well, without you and David Stefano, this show is nothing. I'm just kind of hanging around here. We also say, Skull Vikings! Skull Vikings!
1: Thanks for watching. Like, subscribe, and ring the bell and rate us on your favorite aggregator. And a special shout-out goes to our partners, the Daily Norseman, where the best Vikings content can be found. And to Lake Monster Brewing, home of the best beer in Minnesota. Skull, everybody.